The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Messages of hope. Well, hello, everybody. This is a special treat for me because today I'm recording live from the sanctuary of Unity of Tustin, a beautiful facility, of course, Tustin, California. Never had the chance to be here before, but I was invited to tour these beautiful grounds and the beautiful gardens that we'll talk about shortly with the former senior minister of this wonderful Unity Church, Dr. Marge Britt. And I saw a golden opportunity to interview her live on the air. This is only the second time that I've interviewed somebody in person, face to face. So I have to tell you, this church happens to be right in the flight path of departing flights from the John Wayne Airport in Orange County. So because we're using an open mic, you may very well hear those jets. And I believe that uh, Marge calls those angels flying overhead. (laughs) Yes, they were constantly present and any time, especially when we were outside in the gardens, that the angels flew overhead and we heard their engines. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we would simply breathe <laughs> and no love. <laughs> exactly. Well, let me tell you about Dr. Marge Britt. She reached out to me several months ago. I, I will talk about how you came to know about me, but because I just find it stunning that you wanted to attend my Unity Retreat, my Holy You Retreat that I held recently, because Everybody, for all of you listening, she's been a unity minister for over 30 years, and she gets all of this that I'm talking about in my show. And so when she registered for the retreat, that was my reaction. But I realized that she just wanted to be part of that energy, that loving environment. Isn't that right, Marge? Yes. And I also wanted to learn from you and experience with you this awareness that you hold so profoundly of communication through the veils. Okay. And in fact, you just attended my my Serving Spirit class in uh, San Diego. So we can talk more about that. But I want to talk about your focus. Uh, I want to give you a little bit, give our listeners an, a background on you. You've been a visionary leader here at Unity of Tustin for 19 years and later served as Senior Minister Emeritus. These Grounds are known for those incredible meditation gardens that you 
came up with. You were, I should say, you were inspired. Yeah, absolutely. they were part of the vision. Yeah. And you made this into a campus of consciousness where you've had some of the leading thought visionaries, thought leaders in the field of consciousness and spirituality here. I mean, if we were to name any of the big names like Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle, Adyashante, um, Andrew Harvey, many of those people, people have been here multiple times. And the community has learned in evolutionary stages as they taught at higher and deeper levels. Yes, it's, the energy in here is tremendous. I told Ty as I was walking through the garden just a few minutes ago that I got lightheaded and my lip twitched, which those of you who know me know that's my guide sign of saying, you know, you're not alone as you walk through these gardens. But uh, Marge founded the Called by Love Institute about how to recognize the faces of love in your life. And this is the topic of our show today. It's love, my favorite topic, but not just the human love that can be conditional and that comes and goes so fleetingly sometimes, uh, depending on what's returned to us by others, but the kind of unconditional love that, that we can call divine love. And this show is all about knowing that your life is a love story, as you put it, Marge, that yes. never ends. So we're going to explore what it means to be called by love and to be a co-creator in your life. By the way, Marge holds a doctoral degree from the University of Massachusetts School of Education with a focus in curriculum, psychological education, and counseling. So I know that your, li your life in the last few decades has all been about consciousness and developmental stages of that. So we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. Okay. I want to start off just by setting the groundwork for this talk with a phrase from your book here. I held it in my hands. The book is called Your Soul's Invisible Codes, Unveiling Your Sacred Love Story. And I've spent the last few days reading this book. You sent it to me as a gift a while back, and I was so motivated to read it after finally meeting you in person. But this one line jumped out at me, and I thought, anybody who's new to this whole spiritual path where we know who we are as aspects of love might identify with this line here. You wrote in your book that love is an inner quality that sees good everywhere and in everyone. And the moment I met you, I recognized that quality. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but the problem is that I recognize this too. You wrote, I also remember all of the times I've been called naive. Yeah, and I'm sorry I'm doing most of the talking. I'm going to oh. let you talk in a minute, but I wanted to set the stage with this because I too have been called naive for seeing the good in everyone and everything. And one day I laughed so hard at that that I put it on my Facebook page and I said, if that makes me naive, then really I don't think I'm naive because I know that we can look around and not see only goodness and light. What it makes me and what it makes you, Marge, is an alien because we know that we're in this world, but not of it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And we embody an original innocence. It is a beautiful vibration that is very, very pure. And we see through the eyes of love. Which would also be synonymous with the soul. Yes, 
It's a soul quality. Everyone has a soul, and we have it from the moment we're born. We had it before we were born. It's the soul that comes in and embodies. But then we go through a whole process of waking up that is about the evolution of consciousness. That's when why we, we're here. Yeah. But before the evolution of consciousness and our embodied experience, there was involution. And that was the descent of spirit coming into the world and into form. And we came in as tiny babies, nurtured in the womb of our mothers, parented uh, by the people in the world that knew us and hopefully loved us. But often, you know, they loved in the ways they knew how to love or didn't know how to love. And we end up finding our way in this field of love with a capital L. It's a field. It's like the ocean. And the fish swim in the ocean. And they don't know the idea of an ocean necessarily. It's just natural. Because it's so close, they don't realize that this is their reality. Yeah. And love, ultimately, when we realize the nature of who we are, which is our soul, we recognize, oh my God, I am that. I am love. You know, I don't want to leave that analogy of the fish in the water I just uh, was shown a new way of seeing that because if we're swimming in this sea of love all the time, why are we not aware of it? And it's because just expanding on that analogy, we're like the, the, the fish. We have to pay attention to the outward objects that for our survival. So we focus on the food that's in the water and perhaps the, you know, the sharks that might be preying on us. And with that focus, we lose sight of the fact that, this water that supports us and nourishes us is right here. Yes. Huh. Yes. So have you always been uh, aware of being in this world, but not of it? No. Uh, I, and in fact, I was probably naive as a child. And I've learned from having been a minister for three decades and having had thousands of people sitting in my office and telling me their stories, often in times of pain or crisis, that not everyone had the experience of having parents who deeply loved them, or uh, spouses or whatever, uh, who knew the meaning of this deepest kind of love. I happen to have been a child that was born into people, my parents, into, into their lives, and they were yearning for my birth. The two babies before me, twins, had died at birth. And their deepest heart's desire was for another child. And I happened to have the gift of being that child. And I was a cherished child. In many ways, I've realized that that may have left me love handicapped. <laughs> in, what, in what way? I didn't recognize the kinds of things that people go uh, through right? 
that are part of ordinary life, human life experience. And uh, often I felt blindsided. But but lest any of you listening think now that Marge has led a, a perfect life, I know that you have endured your own share of personal loss, including your own son has already passed. Yes. And a husband has passed. And then the love of your life has passed. So, yes. And you're still here with this beautiful golden aura around you that you know all as well. And one of the reasons for that is that somehow, some way, the universe gave me the great gift of understanding some of the things that you teach, Suzanne, and part of why I loved being in the Unity Village workshop, Holy You, is that the communication through the veils is possible and it's very natural. And it simply is about recognizing it, tuning in, aligning with it, being willing and learning to see the symbols and listen. I love that you're saying that. We were we just enjoyed lunch together and we were talking about how natural it is and that who was it that showed was it my son. Your okay, talk about that. Uh this was before my husband passed through the veils and and um he adored his stepfather and and after my son passed through the veils at age 45 very unexpectedly uh, he came to me uh, one morning and said, Mom, teach Paul how to listen to me. He won't listen. Tell him, and he gave me very clear guidance, tell him that it will f- seem like thoughts. It will feel like thoughts. But he will know it's me by the way I say it. Mm-hmm. And I told Paul what Bud said told him that he said he wouldn't listen and he wanted to communicate with him. And he immediately got it and started hearing Bud through the veils. Again, it's so simple. And um, so many of the people that follow my work expect that it takes effort. The only effort is pushing through our belief that it's hard. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then recognizing that they may sound like your own thoughts. Yes. How else are loved ones going to speak to us? One of the fascinating experiences, and I write about this in my book, uh, when my beloved died, whom I had known in high school, and then later uh, in our 70s, he found me again. Uh, And when he passed through the veils, I was in immense grief. And I started doing a process I now in my book call Write Your Soul because I would simply scribe what I was hearing through the veils. And you you use that word in the book repeatedly, scribe. Do you differentiate that from writing? Yes. Okay. It does not come from my human mind. It is not my personal thoughts. My personal thoughts during that time were often ones of grief. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go on. I'm feeling overwhelmed in the grief. My left brain has gone offline. I can't even think. That fog of grief. All of it. And, And he would come in 
And this is when I started writing because he was telling me things I needed to remember and I had trouble remembering. So I would do indent in the margin of where I was writing and, and he would say things like, I don't know how we got on this strange bridge, but you're going to be fine. I love you. I'm with you. I'm still here. You just can't see me. And he was constantly telling me, reassuring me, guiding me. And sometimes he would laugh and he'd say, I used to hear all of these things from you. I was the one you used to teach them to. How did we change positions? I love it. That's right, because he was not a minister. He's a no. former policeman, right? Or was he, it policeman? he was a cop yeah. in Newport Beach for a while in his life. He loved to sail like Ty does, uh-huh. like you do. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and very different. And and so what do you say to those who are listening who say, but how do I know I'm not just making that up? This is what I hear in my classes all the time. What do you say to that? Because they tell you things you didn't even know about. Things that you couldn't even have imagined or your human mind didn't have access to. Now, you took the time to write these down. Yes. You scribed it. I say. scribed mm-hmm. for almost a year. And I would wake up and I couldn't sleep always. I would wake up in the middle of the night. I would get a pen. I would go out, turn on a light, and I would just fill that page with my questions, my feelings, I don't know how to go on. And I would listen. It's like a telephone conversation. Yeah. You don't know what the other person's going to say. You listen with a total willingness to hear. And and if I could just point out that the if you rearrange the letters in the word listen, they come in they form the word silent. Oh, I'd never thought about that. Yeah. It's beautiful. So I love that you're, this is perfect advice, everybody. I hope you're taking note. You're getting a prescription from Dr. Marge Britt on how to connect with your loved ones who have passed through her personal experience. And it's certainly mine and that of many others who take the time to listen. Was this a regular discipline or you just got up when you felt you couldn't sleep? It was both. And the times when I got the deepest levels of message were potentially those moments when I couldn't sleep and I would get up and turn on the light and write. And, but always I had previous to that as a a spiritual teacher, unity minister, uh, I had co-led silent meditation retreats for 15 years. And I think this is key for you and for all of us, that you had that experience of sitting in the silence regularly. Yes. And I would do one-hour sits, and in the silent retreats, five-day retreats, we did them multiple times a day with questions and the answers at the end of each day. And, you know, what's your experience? What are you struggling with? That kind of question. And when you call, When you talk about a silent sit... Everybody gathered together and you just sit quietly for an hour? Yes. What is the intention? The intention is simply to allow the thoughts to dissolve in the field of this. I used to call it the sky. The thoughts are like clouds in the sky. They just pass through and you keep coming back to the sky. 
Yeah. Just come back to the sky. Now I I realize that it's the process that I loved hearing you teach at Unity Village of just aligning with the light and allowing that light to just download, download. through That's your it. crown chakra all the way through the core of your being. And it was Brad Laughland and Leslie Temple Thurston that I met you through. <laughs> and uh, that core light kind of awareness yeah. and allow it to come all the way through your entire being and fill your being, and then you let it radiate out as love. This is very different than breathing out your gunk, although you can do that too. I, you know, hear people talk about breathe in and the breathe out the stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that too, but this awareness of downloading, breathing the light from the, that comes in through your crown, goes all the way through your core into the earth, fills you and radiates out from your heart. It's the picture perhaps that you've seen of the yes. radiant heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's a vibrant, radiating energy and it carries on well beyond just that period of sitting silently yes you start radiating it yourself and attracting the light to yes like attracts light yeah this is what i basic unity principle (laughs) (laughs) and for good reason so what if people are sitting silently training their mind in, in your silent retreats that you held and they would get downloads were they Encouraged to have paper and pen ready, or was this uh, strictly to train the mind to be quiet? The retreats that we used to lead, and we actually did some at Unity Village, uh, I didn't have the skill of scribing yet. Uh It hadn't come into my conscious awareness. And even though I was a very advanced spiritual teacher and meditator, I had not yet been gifted with that kind of awareness, which comes from the dimensions of integrating the invisible and the visible, heaven and earth, and uh, the dimensions of uh, souls that uh, we have loved and who have passed through the veils. And this is something that not everyone understands and uh, sometimes doesn't believe. And that lack of belief can be an impediment to the experience. Yeah. If you don't believe it, you won't see it. You won't experience it. That may or may not be true because sometimes by grace, uh, by grace it comes Mm -hmm. or sometimes souls will continue to be persistent as Bud was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and finally said, mom, (laughs) teach him how to listen. So maybe this, our dialogue today might be teaching. Oh, I some hope people that's my intention. How to listen. <laughs> yes, exactly. But what's so beautiful is I love that you talked about integrating the visible and the invisible. That is our goal as humans. Yes. Yeah. Would you talk some more about that, please? In the world and not of the world. We are we are embodying, we are already embodied as a human being, we are embodying our souls with the awareness of light. Our souls know this love. 
and it is their natural state, and we are embodying it and then living it in the world. I, I listen to you, and I feel this this energy whew, in me right now that just wants, I want to let out a little primal scream in a good way. There's this energy that's building up in me as I hear that, that just has to come out. This is the power that's in all of us, all of yes. you listening. This is what you are here to do, to let that out. Yes. And and if more of us could embody that power, oh, we would change the world. Yeah. I love that song. Why have I come to earth to love, to serve, and to remember? Mm. Why do you feel we forget? I've heard various themes on this. I have my own thoughts about it. Forget who we are, the embodiment of the light of God of source. Sometimes we forget, I think, because the pain of what would we experience is so difficult that we don't want to remember. What we don't understand is that Blocking that ability to remember will block out our memories of love. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the people that have loved us have also hurt us. Or else it seems that happens through all kinds of circumstances. It's one of the reasons the divorce rate is what it is in this country. And, um, and, if we could just see each other as souls instead of the humans who hurt each other because we forget yes. that we're souls, yes, then there would be uh, far less need for relationship counseling. <laughs> it's true. Wow. Do you think it's on purpose that we forget we are souls? I don't think so. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I don't either. No. I think that we simply move into that space as, as a form of protection sometimes. And we do it trying to figure out how not to hurt anymore. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, uh, we sometimes push people away from us and push people out of our lives or they push us out of their lives. When they fail to give us what we think we need. but. As we were saying earlier, if we just realize that that love is our true nature, it's already within us. Yeah. And it's fascinating. We're never too old to learn. You, so. you, you, can I tell everybody why you came to Unity Village to celebrate? Of course. For your 80th birthday. Yeah. She is so vibrant, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I gave myself the great gift of being in a place that I love. Unity Village, being in a vibrational environment of teachings that I knew enough about to know that I would be absolutely, totally, totally nurtured and fed, and that no one would think I was naive or crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I certainly don't. I hope you all are enjoying this conversation. Lots of great tips from Dr. Marge Britt. And when we come back after the break, we're going to talk more about our favorite topic, love. listening to Unity Online Radio, 
the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Wisdom Moment with Eric Butterworth. How much time is enough time? You ever thought about that? How much time is enough time? Time is not a quantity. It cannot really be measured. Oh, you say, but it can. I have a watch, but the watch is synthetic. There's no way to really measure time because time is a depth. It's an allness. You may say, but I only have an hour. I only have a day. And so all you do is admit to yourself and to others that you've encased yourself in a shell. And this time frame will always frustrate your creative flow. And time for you will be a matter of the clock ticking on, but it's only where you are in consciousness. So it's time to slow down, to look up, to get a sense of the eternal. And this basically is the purpose of prayer. To hear more talks from Eric Butterworth, visit truthunity.net. Indian saint and mystic Kabir is quoted as saying, one drop of divine love can turn you to gold. Immerse yourself in the work of Kabir with acclaimed poet, author, and spiritual teacher Andrew Harvey in his book, Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. Andrew shares the powerful and timeless words of Kabir in a way that is accessible to all with beautiful photography by Brett Hurd. This is a book you will turn to again and again. Available now at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Enroll in the Mystery School with Maggie Whitehouse every Monday at 2 p.m. Central. Based in the U.K., Maggie is a maverick priest, comedian, and writer that'll introduce you to all things mystical. Join in the conversation with some fascinating guests and explore topics like Kabbalah, the divine feminine, shamanism, and a lot more. Explore some new ideas and provocative topics, all delivered with a sense of humor. Check out our online schedule or get the podcast on demand here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. We are having a wonderful discussion about love and oneness and our source with Dr. Marge Britt in person here 
where she used to be senior minister, visionary leader of Unity of Tustin in California. I know that Ty listens to all of my shows, and honey, I have a warning for you. Don't let me drive the bus when we leave here because I'm all in this spacey place with this wonderful higher energy that Marge has created here. Let me see. You founded Called by Love Institute. And if you'll allow me, Marge, I'd like to share your mission with everybody. The Called by Love Institute's goal is to harness the power of love as a revolutionary and evolutionary force in healing lives, building dreams, realizing purpose, destiny, and legacy, connecting extraordinary people, that's all of you listening, by the way, to their fullest potential, bringing awareness and light into the world. Yes. Yeah. And some people would say that's Pollyanna, but we need more people with that goal. Oh, absolutely. And it's never too late. Every day I talk to my husband, who's passed through the veils, sister. She's 98 years old, turning 99 in August. Good for her. And we take deep dives into all of these kinds of awarenesses. And she'll say to me, she pulls a card, a a tarot card kind of thing, and we talk about what it means. Like an angel card? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she'll say, I've never thought of that before, but I've always known it. And she'll say, no one ever talks to me the way like you do. Yeah. This is the thing. People don't talk about these things often enough. But if we could just carve out a little time, a few days a week, I'd do it every day. But just, you know, get to find a group of kindred spirits and and pull an angel card or or pick a verse from something inspirational and just discuss the deeper meanings of it. That connects our heart to our true source. And let them, let the forces the angels the guides the souls that are on the other side of the veils tell you what they want you to know about this particular saying or card or reading or whatever it is concept anything anything now i i have your book here in front of me your soul's invisible codes unveiling your sacred love story and i open it up to one of the many pages that i dog-eared and i circled here you wrote about listening and scribing you wrote dissolve happens and new creation emerges even as we go about maintaining our lives i've been using that word dissolve as an impetus to my own downloads that come through would you discuss what what it means to dissolve often we have concepts that we think about believe and we can get stuck in them and as if we just breathe and open and and expand into a vastness, just willingness, all it takes is a little willingness. That's a quote from A Course in Miracles, by the way. All it takes is a little willingness. And we open and the stuckness that comes with attachment to beliefs or feelings or thoughts that have limited us simply begins to dissolve. Sometimes the dissolve happens because the universe sort of catapults us to the next stage. And you call that in your book tsunamis and earthquakes. Tsunamis, earthquakes, and womb houses. And 
And I, there, that happened to me when my beloved died. And uh, the chapter uh, that is at the beginning of Code 6 in my book is all about, no, it's at the end of Code 5. I didn't know where to put it because it catapulted me into a world that I hadn't thought about, I hadn't anticipated. You mean I, his passing? Yeah, yeah, the passing. It wasn't what I wanted. Of course And not. yet, here it is. And so the dissolve can devastate us to begin with because it throws us into a realm or a world that we don't know how to function in. And yet it's opening to us the next levels. And that's why you wrote in your book, this was a phrase from somebody who was guiding you at that time. He said to you during that difficult time in your life, which so many who are listening now are going through right now. He said, you are in the womb house. That's W-O-M-B, the womb house. It is the womb that is the passage into what is next. Yes. So this is a time of transition and can lead to unforeseen beauty and joy. It was so amazing because people would show up in my life that were part of this process of guiding me on. And it wasn't me trying to figure it out or plan it. My human mind went offline. My left brain just kind of stopped functioning. And I had a fabulous left brain. It had taken <laughs> me through a doctoral degree. Right. <laughs> and the great gift of that period was that my right brain came in and gave me the wholeness of all of the creative energy, which is what the codes are about. It's the whole creation story in vibrational awareness. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You said for me, your new work is the marriage of the essence of all that is our higher self with our human self. Yes. That really resonates for me yes. because to me, my whole goal these days is to integrate the awareness of our oneness, the awareness of being an aspect of source that I experience in meditation every day to integrate that with our everyday waking self. And you call that a mystical marriage. Yes, yes. Charles Fillmore talked about the um, integration of love and wisdom. And the mystical marriage occurs in our life often when we are willing to find that integration within our own beings. The divine masculine within us and the divine feminine with us coming into this holy union. And out of that, new birth emerges, new passion, new purpose, new ways of being in the world. And part of it may involve healing in your own life, seeing through the eyes of love instead of through the eyes of pain or the eyes of suffering or the eyes of loss, seeing through the eyes of love. And that is why this communication through the veils can become so important. And, and as you're speaking, I'm hearing that some who are listening need to know that we Marge and I both understand that you don't enjoy this pain that you may be going through and, and it's horrible and it's uncomfortable and we want it to end. But 
what helps is knowing that you can shift your point of view and your focus at any time. If you haven't yet found that higher perspective, you can actually ask to be guided to it. Yes. Asking is so important. Ask and you will receive. The asking needs to come from the level of the soul if you want the highest level of healing. And that will probably lead you into realms that you may not have understood, as it did me, and that you will begin to celebrate and hold as one of your deepest heart's desires. Yes. And and know that wholeness, holy you, yeah. has birthed itself. That's right. So it begins with believing that there are higher aspects of you. Yes. Ty and I toured the, on our own, drove on to the Naval Station in San Diego yesterday, and I just was taken back to the days when I was on active duty in the Navy and had no idea there was another whole reality, that there was a soul that that was creating this experience in a body here and how that changes things when that's all we know. Yeah. And your our, our focus is solely on the practical and the day to day and to to step into this so much more spacious and expanded world where we have a, a choice to suffer or not yeah. is such a gift. One of the things that's come into my life is research as I've talked to you a little bit about on some of these rare stages. And and one of the things that happens as we enter these rare stages is a simplicity. Mm-hmm. The complexity in our life seems to begin to dissolve. Couldn't we all use a little bit more <laughs> simplicity? <laughs> yeah. And we begin to see love everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It, it is possible, everybody. If anybody else has done what you want to do or has found what you want to find it is possible for you too and so if you're asking how do i get to that place it begins by following one of the resources in your book again your book your soul's invisible codes i had to laugh marge when i turned to the back this morning because i love to see recommended authors and resources and she has some of my favorite authors here i'm familiar with almost all of them have read many of these books. And the very last resource in here is Dr. Marge Britt, which is you, but the resource is stillness. And I laugh because it's not a book. It's your recommended resource for everyone. And you wrote here, this is my greatest resource. Sitting in the silence is when downloads come most readily. Scribing comes out of this. Yes. We have it all. The mystery is within us, and only we can find it. But does the mystery, is it ever solved? I don't think so. I think there are realms beyond, realms beyond the ones that our human embodied expressions will probably ever be able to embrace or understand. Uh, realms of angels, archangels, guides, uh, and I welcome that. Me too. It makes it, <laughs> it makes this life an adventure. I wake up in the morning and I say, what's going to happen today? Exactly. Because it's magical and wondrous. It's this uh, 
childlike curiosity because as long as we know our source is love and goodness, then there's no fear in the journey. Yeah. And we just explore. Just explore. And find guides. In what form? Guides that can be invisible and they can also be visible if you find people who are willing to open and reach with you into the realms. You have to sometimes be a little careful about the guides you choose because they can point you into the directions that are part of their worldview. Mm-hmm. And that's perhaps right for some people to um, follow the worldview of someone that they've resonated with for a while. It may not be your ultimate guide. So keep keep being aware. Well, what's your advice? I know what I would say, but this is such a great opportunity to sit with you with your decades of experience as a spiritual teacher. How do you tell people to discern whether this is the right teacher or not? When you said be careful, how do you know when it's not the right teacher for you? I have a really important way of discerning for myself, and it has to do with my heart. Yeah, the moment, if you all could see Marge, she's sitting here, she, her hands started to go to her <laughs> chest, and I thought, she's going to say exactly what I hoped she would say. Yeah. yeah, it has to do with my heart. I can feel it in my heart. It's not in my gut. It's in my heart. Yeah. And my heart opens and absolutely expands to hold the vastness if the answer is yes. Yeah. If the answer is not, my heart will move into constricting in a way, not that it gets tight, but that it seems to protect me. Hmm. Well, that happened to me earlier when I was determining uh, about a guest on this radio show and the, 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 the feeling in that whole chest area was no, no, no. And, and I knew that you were the right guest for today and spirit truly knows what they're doing. Well, it was funny when you called me and you said, I have a request for you, and it'll be a surprise. <laughs> and I said, well, the answer is yes. Yes. So what's the request? <laughs> <laughs> that answer, yes, coming before I even knew the question, was because I feel your energy. I feel the vibration of your being, your consciousness. I know who you are. Yeah, I see you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So the the short answer, everybody, is, you know, if if someone speaks to your heart, it's open, it's welcoming, you just want more, it's truth. And if something just doesn't feel right, but other people think it does, don't worry what other people say. Always follow your heart. There will be different guides for different vibrational fields of consciousness. That's beautiful. And it's really important for you to begin to see that you are moving through realms of consciousness. It's like the rainbow. It's all light. If you hold a crystal or have a crystal hanging in the window of your room, somewhere that the light shines through, when it reflects onto a wall, it shows all of the colors of the rainbow. And yet just to look at the crystal, it's pure and it's clear. And you don't see all of the colors. And so all of the colors of the rainbow are within your very being. And light is shining through one of them 
dominantly probably and it's probably your center of gravity but you also have a leading edge and you have a trailing edge and you may have some that you haven't even experienced yet oh i hope not that's part of the adventure the unfolding of it we all are changing all the time and that's why they say when the student is ready the teacher will come but we don't need to be attached to any one teacher for any length of time that's why uh, I've seen, you know, I used to look at the numbers of, of uh, people on my email list and anytime I'd send out an email blast, people would unsubscribe. And, and <laughs> I've learned that, that does, that's just fine. That doesn't matter. Everybody's on their path and we come and we go and, and we should always follow that nudge. And if it speaks to us, go with that. It's never about numbers. One of the things that I've always known is that Jesus taught his most important lesson to only one person, and it was the woman at the well. The Samaritan woman, and it was to her that he revealed that he was the Christ. Hmm. One person. It wasn't to the disciples. It wasn't to the multitudes where he fed the 5,000. Now, why was that? Because she was a point of light that was so pure, she was ready to receive all of the purity. Beautiful. So the Called by Love Institute that you started, what does it mean to be called by love? Well, I didn't know the answer to that to start with. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Sometimes the universe brings us directions and we don't understand them. And I, I went, sit on the uh, spin-up piano bench, stories in my book, uh, in front of the mirror sometimes calling. And this seems to be a favorite place for spirit to give me it downloads. You get your downloads sitting in front of the mirror <laughs> fixing your hair or yeah, face for the day. Mindlessly not thinking about anything mm-hmm. important. I've heard a lot of people get those kind of downloads in the shower when they're washing their hair because of the water Yeah, or drying their hair. Yeah. yeah, or looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. The other, it, it, the mirror has some kind of a, an ability to reflect who you are if you're willing. Mm-hmm. And and I had just done a talk the Sunday before, and it was about what it means to be called by God. And three times during the talk, I said, "I know I am called by God." I was so clear about that. I knew what that meant. The next day, I'm sitting there mindlessly curling my hair. And the download comes, almost like a voice. It wasn't an audible voice, but it felt that clear. And it said, your concept of God is too limited. Oh, I love it. You are now called by love. That's exactly what has been going on with me, to stop using that limited word, God. Yeah. And if you read some of my team's messages, Sonia's messages from the last couple of days, they're all about changing the word for the nameless the nameless. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, you walk the gardens. There's symbols of in all of the religions of the world in the garden. There's the unnamed religions. And I didn't think my concept of God was limited. I was sure it wasn't. It was vast. And here it comes in. Your concept of God is too limited. You are now called by love. And so... 
what I believe it means is that we are called to be love in every moment, in every place where we find ourselves. Yes. Whether someone welcomes it or not is irrelevant. The call involves giving it and being it and living it. It's not dependent on whether or not it's received or welcomed. It's dependent only on the living it, being it, and receiving it, and allowing the vibration to permeate, to radiate in you and through you, and as you, as you begin to give light and love into the realms in the world. And the beautiful part about that, what you just said is so inspiring and so true, And I know from personal experience that the more we do live like that, the more our life flows. Yes. And thrives. Absolutely. And takes us into the mystery. I mean, I am being guided into things that I couldn't have even imagined even five years ago. So this whole law of attraction, it's great and it works. But what you're saying, to be called by love, works even better because there's nothing in it that what's in it for me. You're just being the presence of love because that's who you are and it's why we're here. And then you attract to you all of these wonderful things. Exactly. Everything you need. Yeah. Yeah. The secret's out, everybody. Give it a try. Yeah. And it's very, very fascinating because the realms, the concrete realm and the subtle realm and the causal realm, this shift takes you into the realms of the mystery. And we, with our human minds, aren't oriented to know what that is. And what do you mean by that for those who are new to this path? It takes you into the realms of the mystery. It takes you into the unknowing. It takes you into the things that you may not have ever even thought about. And yet somehow, some way, here it is. And how does this relate to people who are just trying to pay the bills and just trying to get through the day and and make, you know, be human? Some of the skills that you learn in the early stages about attracting and manifesting will come in handy. Some of the skills you learn in school uh, as you study for jobs and professions and roles in life will be very significant. These are all part of the subtle realm and and even the concrete traditional realm. But if people are going through those very human challenges right now and they listen to this interview, they'll say, well, how is just walking around being loving going to help me? You will be guided to your next step, and then the next step, and then the next step. You will meet someone. They they may say something to you that is your next point of light along the way. Yes. And unless you are willing to listen, to be aware, to see spirit in this process of communication with you, you may miss it. Yes. But because you're making that intentional effort (laughs) to simply respond with unconditional love to everyone, every condition that comes up, every situation that comes up, these beautiful gifts will fall in your lap. Yes. 
You know, there's an old song that we used to sing for services here. Uh, it seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, what I would do is talk about the kingdom of love hmm. or the realms of love. Seek ye first that vibration of being and all things else will be added unto you. And that means that every point along the way, you will be in exactly the right place to experience the next step or perhaps help someone else experience the next step. And all of it will work together. And if I could interrupt, you talk in your book a lot about vertical access, vertical living instead of horizontally. We, horizontally would be, we can't see the future. We don't know what it holds. But living vertically, knowing we're connected to the source and all things good are coming our way, most especially when we align to our true nature as yes. love, then we can actually feel grateful for these moments when we're in the womb house, yes. which feels like the wound house. When we feel that gratitude, trusting that this is leading to something even better, then we're even open, where our eyes are opened even more to the gifts as they arrive. Sometimes when we go through difficult experiences, we may actually be getting a PhD that will allow us to teach others how to navigate the tough waters. A PhD in life from the school. In life. Yeah. From the school of what can be the school of hard knocks, but doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in how we view it. And Dr. March Britt, I'm so grateful to you for showing us how to live a life called by love. Everybody check her out at calledbyloveinstitute.com. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today and for just filling our hearts with love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on The Next Room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.